trainers that train celebrities that really aren't that great, they always like to be in the picture touching everything and touching them to make the, the, their client, or in this case, the celebrity feel like that they know what they're doing and like they're helping them. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Today, I'm talking to Scott Herman, a trainer, BSN athlete, influencer, and founder of MuscularStrength.com. Scott was one of the first mainstream fitness influencers on YouTube, and he built out one of the internet's first real video instructional libraries. Scott and I catch up on his background as a reality TV star, how fitness on the internet has evolved, and what he thinks is most misleading in the fitness industry today. I do want to give a big shout out to this episode's sponsor, BSN. BSN has been around for nearly 20 years, and they're a global leader in sports nutrition. From their protein powder, including their partnership line with Coldstone Creamery, to pre-workout, protein bars, and more, BSN has won more than 35 sports nutrition awards over the last few years. My personal favorite of their flavors is the Birthday Cake Remix Syntha 6. I literally hid some in my desk to keep the rest of the Barbend team from using it all. That's not a lie. Also, I want to take a second to say that we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. I'd also recommend subscribing to the Barbend newsletter to stay up to date on all things strength. Just go to barbend.com newsletter to start becoming the smartest person in your gym. Scott Herman, thanks so much for joining us today on the Bar Band Podcast. Just for listeners who might not be super familiar with your background, give us you know the elevator pitch. Who is Scott Herman, and why is he doing this whole fitness thing? Oh, what is going on? Thanks for having me on the show, man. Hey, it's 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 a pleasure. But uh, you're already skirting the question, Scott. Who are you? <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Scott Herman. I run a YouTube channel, Scott Herman Fitness. We're at about 2.4 million subscribers, and we have Instagram and Facebook and all that other stuff too. But if you guys really want to get to know me and why I started doing all of this that I'm doing now, all this social media stuff. Uh, I basically started out when I was a kid. Uh, I started working at a gym when I was 14 years old. I was basically cleaning all the equipment in the gym on like Saturday for three hours every weekend for a free membership. It was really cool. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to learn a lot. Uh, the, the owner of the gym I worked at, it was a gold gym at the time, really took me under his wing and kind of guided me and saw potential in me and, and taught me the ropes. And from a very young age, my overall goal was I thought I was going to own gyms and own chains of gyms, you know, with my buddy Dave, who was the owner of the gym I'm talking about right now, which he actually is doing that. He has about 12 locations called, um, you guys might've heard of it. If you live in the Northeast called best fitness, those are my, my buddy Dave's gyms. But you know, through working with him, we ended up building like two or three together. Then I was a general manager um, of one when I was about 24 years old. I was running the fitness department and all the trainers as well as the front desk and you know everything coming in. I was the general manager of the entire club. And then this crazy thing happened and I got accepted to go in the real world. And I was like, all right, I'll try this thing out. 
So <laughs> 24 year, 23 years old, going on the real world Brooklyn in New York City for about three months. You know, I was always interested in modeling and acting. Um, since I was like 18 years old, I was driving back and forth to New York City, you know, trying to get modeling gigs. Ended up winning like uh, the best abs on the East Coast for Men's Health Magazine. And that kind of kicked the whole thing off. And then when I was doing the real world show, I kind of got a, like a behind scene, behind the scenes look at how things worked, right? Um, I got really, really comfortable in front of the camera because you're on camera for three months straight. And I kind of thought to myself, like, this looks like something I could probably turn maybe into a business. Like YouTube was still relatively new this is back in 2009. Twitter had not even come out yet, if, if that helps put things into perspective for you guys. And so I started filming um, videos in my my small dinky apartment in New York City <laughs> on the Lower East Side, just just trying to get information out there. And then I ended up getting contacted by somebody who worked in the Google offices in New York. He was a fan of the, the the show that I did, The Real World. And so he brought me in and basically explained to me like, hey, if you do this thing on a consistent basis, you can turn it into a business. And so I moved out of the city. I moved back home and I went back to the gym that I had previously been working in. And, and then every single day, you know, for years, the club would close at like 10 I'd be there filming videos from like 10 to one. And that's how I got my YouTube channel started. Then that turned into muscularstrength.com and then turned into me being here because now I have subscribers all over the world and I do my best to provide fitness content for them so they can stay in shape and feel healthy and motivated. I have to ask, as someone who's bounced back and forth between New York and Boston over the years myself, what was it like being a New Englander on the Brooklyn version of the real world? Did you get a lot of hate for that? No, not really, man. Honestly, um, my it was it was crazy because my season was called like a throwback season. So, er, like all the seasons leading up to mine for the past you know few years were just basically like shit shows. Excuse my French, where people were you know getting drunk, having sex with each other, partying, throwing fits, whatever. I mean, we definitely had our our, our fights with each other, but we were we were chosen as a cast because we were all pursuing a career like in the city. And so we were the first season with eight cast members. We were the first season where we didn't have a team job. Like all of my cast mates were pursuing something like either singing or hosting or writing or filmmaking. Right. And then, um, we also had, we did a lot of work with the LGBT community and we did a lot of, um, focus on like LGBT rights. Um, and we had the first transgender cast mate as well. My friend, Caitlin. And so the season was kind of like a refreshing season. And that's how people remember it because it wasn't so much about us bickering with each other. It was, we definitely bickered, but it was us like going out and actually trying to make something of ourselves. Mm. And it was, it was a lot of your abs, I assume, because you don't, win, abs. You, you don't win best abs on the East coast and then have a producer of a reality show be like, cover those up. I'm, that's, Dude, just, that's not the case. I'm sure. Yeah, we had a we had an insane gym in the house. Do you want to know what's really funny? You ever see those Liberty Mutual commercials um, where they're like they're they're like by this um, fence and the water's behind them, and then the Statue of Liberty is is in the background. I actually I actually do know those commercials. Okay. I can recall those in my head. Yeah. So like if if they were to just like pan the camera five feet to the right, you would see the warehouse where our house was. Like that's literally right where our house was every time i see the commercial i know exactly where they're standing or where that imagery at least in the background is if it's green screen that i'm like they're right next to my old house 
The, the funniest, the funniest thing about the Instagram fitness community. Uh, so just a little background, Barband is based in Brooklyn, right? Like I'm calling you right now from Brooklyn. I'm not in our office right now because New York is still under pause, but our office is like right next to the Manhattan bridge. It's right in Dumbo, right? So oh, every time, like Dumbo. yeah, it's great. But every time a fitness influencer comes like by New York, we always, we always know and, or we generally have some sort of heads up depending on who it is and what community they're in. And they're always taking photos of them like flexing between the bridges or doing push-ups or like L-sits in the park that's right between the two bridges. It's literally within two blocks of our office. It's like where I walk by to get lunch every day or to like get my coffee. So it, it, there are all these artistic photos and all these very like staged photos. And I'm like, yeah, like I, I see that every day. It really takes the zap out of Instagram influencing for me when you're like right there in one of the most photographed locations in the world. Yeah, you should like carry an air horn. And every time you see <laughs> someone, just be like, what? <laughs> I'm just going to go head to toe in Barbend branded gear with like a Barbend like propeller hat that's just really <laughs> ostentatious and just photobomb people in, in the back. It's like literally one of the most, well, not right now because don't, you know, not a lot of tourists in New York right now, but it's like one of the most photographed three block sections in the world. And it's only because of Instagram and fitness. Instagram has been a huge part of that because even in the winter, you see people without their, with their shirts off, like flexing, doing handstands. And it's like, come on, come on, fitness, Instagram. Like, like this, this one's played out, find somewhere new, go to Jersey, find some place in Jersey. I don't know. You know, what's funny now too. A lot of my buddies I follow on Instagram. It's like they don't, because everything is closed. I'm in Florida right now. Um, in case you weren't aware. So, I've noticed a lot of my buddies, like, they just keep posting, like, an arm flex photo, like, at home. Like, it's like they've completely run out of ideas of what to do because they can't go anywhere. It's so, like I'm scrolling through my feed all week and I'm seeing, like, the sa- basically the same photo with a different shirt or shorts. I'm like, you guys got to get more creative. <laughs> Some people, some people are having fun with it. You know, there, there was that the first month was like, oh, here are a bunch of home workouts I'm doing. Some people were like making light of it. Some people are, you know, going into gym withdrawals and it, 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 it certainly, it certainly makes a, a lot of, a lot of sense, but, um, yeah, COVID has certainly thrown the influencer game, especially the fitness influencer game, uh, for a big loop, but something that you're better known for is not just taking pictures with your shirt off and posting them on Instagram. We can find those, Scott. We can dig those up and put them in the show notes. Oh, yeah, but they're everywhere. They're everywhere. But you're better known for your videos. And so when you first started producing content you know, for YouTube and, and growing your subscriber base, what kind of videos were you producing and how has that content evolved over you know, the last number of years? I'll tell you what, man, like back in the day, YouTube was a much nicer place. Nowadays, it's like uh, most comments on videos, people are just trying to say the most outlandish things to get the most thumbs up. It's like they don't even watch the videos half the time. And and I'm saying this kind of set a precedent because I always go into my videos and I love responding to people and chatting with people. And that was kind of like the, the bones of how I grew my YouTube channel from the very beginning is I basically would post you know, a new video every day or every couple days. And and back then also too, you could make your videos super short and the YouTube algorithm wouldn't ding you. So like YouTube, like the algorithm changes all the time. And it's all about like, you know, not just how many views you get or how many subscribers you have, you know, half the time YouTube won't even send notifications to your subscribers because YouTube is so saturated. And so like you have to really, nowadays you have to be so careful and you have to focus on, you know, how many views you're getting. You have to make sure that your watch time is really high. So for example, if you post like a two minute video and somebody watches the entire video for it's, it's like, great. Yeah. They watch it from beginning to end. 
But if it's only two minutes long, your watch time is two minutes. So if you post a 15 minute video and they watch it for five minutes, they only watch a quarter of the video, but they watch five minutes of it. So your watch time is higher, which makes it look better, which makes it trend more on YouTube. So you have to think about all this stuff nowadays. Back in the day when I first started, you posted a video, it went to every single one of your subscribers <laughs> and it didn't matter. And it was so much nicer. And then, you know, people were truly curious and interested because YouTube was such a new thing. And, you know, it was a new way to get information where I would literally post a video you know, because I, I was so when I was living in New York to kind of um, paint a picture for you guys, the money I was making, I was basically living off of like doing appearance fees. So I get paid like anywhere between fifteen hundred dollars to three thousand dollars to go to like a, a bar somewhere and like, you know, take photos of people, meet people because the show and, had just come out. Right. This is springboarding off of the real world. Appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Springboarding off of that. So during the week, I had all this extra time, you know, to focus on other stuff. And I was like, OK, well, I need to build a business before, you know, the limelight's gone. Right. And so every single day I would wake up, I'd post a video and then I'd go back to video one. And then I would just go over every single comment and I would either respond to new comments or if I had already responded to someone, then I asked it a follow-up question. I would then respond to that again. So every single day, like 10 hours a day, I was on the computer hammering comments, going through all of my videos. And as that library grew, obviously it took more and more time, right? But I love doing it because I generally like helping people. And that's why I started the business to begin with. And then when I moved back home to start filming the videos in my gym, I could film like 10 videos in a night because I was literally, you know, going over to the machines in my club. And that was kind of the idea behind it was I was trying to figure out how to get members to not cancel their membership or to get them excited or more comfortable training in the gym. So maybe they would eventually buy like a PT package. And so when a member would come in and then I would offer them personal training and they'd be like, well, I can't afford it or I'm not sure if I want it. I'd be like, you know what? Go to my YouTube channel. Every single machine in the gym I have a how-to video of it on my channel. So if you're in the club and you don't know how to use the machine, just type in how-to, you know, uh, shoulder press. And then that video will pop up and it'll be me in the club teaching you. And, you know, helped it helped a lot of people. And those videos could, like I said, they could be a minute long or two minutes long because the algorithm didn't care back then. And those videos are shared all over the world. It's crazy how people contact me like, Oh, I've been watching your videos, you know, since 2009, if I ever need to check my form they're you know, the right to the point in there and they're awesome. Like my how to plank video. It's like a two minute video has like 20 million views. Right. And it's probably because people were doing exactly what you said uh, when planking was cool. They were probably trying to figure out how to plank so they could go to the bridge and plank off the edge of it. <laughs> Not the safest thing, but, you know, that's what we're doing. So that was kind of like the mindset behind it. It was how can I help people, you know, come into my club, exercise, get excited about exercising, not feel intimidated because, you know, some people, they don't want to ask for help, you know, and, and it's not even like a, a pride thing. They just maybe they feel dumb, like asking how to use a shoulder press machine. You know, like it can't be it can't be that hard to figure out on my own, but I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. But I'm too embarrassed to, you know, have somebody show me how to do it, you know. And so it was a really easy way for me as a general manager to get my members a little more excited about, you know, how to exercise in the club. So the kind of content you're producing now. How okay, is it, yeah, how is it, how is it different? Yeah, second yeah, part of that sorry. question. Yeah, no worries. 
So the, the way I'm producing content now is I still, for my how-to videos, I still try to keep it like to the point, um, but I try to drive a bit more education. So back then it was kind of like, you sit down, you pull the bar this way, um, you flex your back, and then you return to the standing position, and that's how you do the exercise. Now I'll do like, uh, I'll redo some of my older videos. So for example, instead of like how to lap pull down, sit and pull the bar to your chest, I'll do, you know, three golden rules of a lat pull down and I'll talk about which muscles it works and which, which three specific things you should focus on and why. So the video is a tiny bit longer, but it has a bit more information and it, and there's no fluff. It's straight to the point still, but instead of being two minutes long, it'll be like 10 minutes long. And then aside from that, nowadays people obviously are really, you know, they like talking about hot topics. Hot topics are always been popular. That's why magazines, you know, used to sell so much. And so I actually just filmed a video yesterday that I'm going to be releasing tomorrow. My video editor, Ricky, is working on it. He's actually pretty excited. But generally the video is basically about how Robert Pattinson is refusing to bulk up to play Batman and how everyone's pissed about it, including myself. And I can give my opinion on a subject like that and come across in such a way where I don't sound like I'm being a hater, but I'm also trying to deliver some fitness information at the same time because superheroes and fitness go, are, are, they go together really well. Right. And it's like, well, I don't want to see, you know, Robert Pattinson on screen playing Batman. If he doesn't look like he can actually punch somebody, you know? And so the entertainment side of YouTube content, it's almost like infotainment now where in the past it was probably purely info and that did really good. But nowadays people want to see your personality. They want to connect with you on a much deeper level. So infotainment is kind of the easier way to get that message across, right? You can show your, your community that you're not boring, but you still have a brain and you can relate that information to them. They don't have to have a degree to understand what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. What is, what is a video that sticks out to you that you've done in maybe in the past year or so that's, um, that you think was especially impactful or one that, that you look back on and you're like, Hey, I'm glad I put that out that that got out something about the fitness industry or about fitness that I, I'm really glad I put out into the world. You know, I actually did a video on Henry Cavill and, you know, his transformation over, the last few years. Um, cause I, I feel like a lot of people when they see these actors, right. And they get ready for a role, you know, the, the, the magazines and the trainers that train these people, a lot of times they just like fluff it up so much, right? Like, Oh, this is the workout he did. He worked out for seven hours in the morning and 10 hours at night. And he did all these exercises and he ate a hundred thousand calories. And that's the reason why he's so jacked. You know, granted, I'm exaggerating a lot, but you get the picture that I'm trying to paint here, right? They try to tell you that these actors, you know, aside from all the other stuff they have to do, all the filming they have to do, all the line studying and practicing they have to do, that they also have like seven hours a day to train while they're filming. It makes absolutely no sense. And so um, I did a, a video on Henry Cavill getting ready for his role as The Witcher. Have you watched The Witcher? I have not, but I mean, I've seen him in his in, when he's playing Superman, and he's completely yoked. Oh yeah, he he's super yoked, but at the same time, he's also not like incredibly incredibly ripped, right? Like he just looks like a solid dude. And if you look at his transition, and in, in the video, I kind of start from him in Immortals, which was I forget what year it came out, but I mean, it was obviously a while ago now, like maybe six or seven years ago. 
you know, for immortals, he had like a crazy diet that he had to follow in order to stay that lean. Then they showed the workout he did and the conditioning he did. And if you watch his body transform over time, you know, he, when he eventually became Superman and then even now for the Witcher and I took a look at like how much he weighed and then the workout routines he did and in the video essentially, you know, what people want to know is like, is it a natural transformation or not? And I was basically on the side of that. It was, and you, and I showed his progression and showed the hard work he did and showed the diet he had to do. And I, and I, I love superheroes and I love movies. I'm a huge movie buff. I have a closet full of like 800 Blu-rays, you know? You ever want to borrow a movie? Just let me know. Just and hit, up, hit, up, hit up Scott Herman. He's got the whole library. Yeah, like I won't give it to you because I'm super OCD about my movies, but I'll tell you which one to buy at least. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's just a referral program. It's not actually a library. Yeah. They're all in alphabetical order. My, my, if my daughter comes in my room and grabs a DVD, she knows she better put it back where it went. Like... Or it's just going to be hell to pay. It has to be <laughs> alphabetical order or it's it's over. Um, but anyways, but that was a really cool video. And, and, and it kind of just showcasing like a lot of times, unfortunately, these actors, they get a little help, you know, when they have to prepare for a superhero role. Um, but Henry Cavill was one of those guys that I, I think did it. And it was just hard work. And when you watch his video, when he talks about so men's men's health, put out a video on him talking about. Oh, actually, there's two videos that I want to talk about <laughs> that just reminded me. Go for so, it. Go for it. So men's health put out a video of Henry Cavill showing his workout routine, um, and I, his trainer, I believe, is was the trainer that used to train The Rock right back in the day. And you could you could clearly tell that that Henry knew what he was doing for exercises and like he was doing specific exercises that made it easier for him to like swing his sword in the Witcher and be able to maintain that for like six or seven hours a day. So like he did a lot of like arm specific work and grip specific work on top of his regular training. And it was very obvious that he knew what he was doing because he took his training seriously, right? Like anybody who goes to the gym, you know, and you work with a trainer and you adapt and you really want to learn the exercises. And while you're doing them, when you start talking about fitness, it's super obvious that you absorb the information and you're applying it. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I would, I would agree. It's something there's a vernacular you speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the first video I did, you know, I'm sorry, men's health, but you've kind of gone, you know, you were going down the tubes. I had to put you in check. Um, so I love that show, Lucifer. Have you seen Lucifer? Um, I, have, I, I have not. You're you're much more what? of a you're a bigger nerd than I am oh when it comes to mo- movies and TV. Dude, and gaming. I'm a I'm a huge gamer. Um, we'll get to that. I'm actually sitting in my game room right now. I'm surrounded by Dragon Ball Z statues and pops. <laughs> anyways um so they did a video on uh the guy who plays lucifer who for whatever reason i can't remember his name right now i'm sure it'll come to me later but his trainer paulo in the video was having him do like all these exercises that were just absolutely terrible and his train like he so he's he's doing like a bench press right and his trainer is basically holding the bar the entire time it goes up and down on every single rep and it's like dude Leave the barbell alone. Just because you're trained, and I've noticed that with celebrities, right? Trainers that train celebrities that really aren't that great, they always like to be in the picture, touching everything and touching them to make the the their client, or in this case, the celebrity, feel like that they know what they're doing and like they're helping them. I was in um when I was living in New York City, I went to David Barton Gym on 23rd Street and Anderson Cooper was there working out, right? And he was doing like a tricep kickback and I kid you not, his trainer was holding 
Anderson's elbow in the air so that he could do the kickback. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, just hold your own damn elbow in the air and then swing your arm backwards. I mean, I wouldn't even have him do a tricep kickback to begin with because there's so many other exercises you could do that are more bang for your buck, especially in a gym. But it's like, I've seen that for, and that was back in 2009. I've seen that so much with trainers, especially with celebrity trainers. They're always touching and, and holding you. And so, and it was also made very clear that um, he didn't really absorb, you know, the exercises that he was doing. And so in the video, he's demonstrating like how to do a squat as part of his workout routine. And it's it's just him on screen, the actor who plays Lucifer. Um, and like he has he has the pad on the bar, which is a no, no, obviously. Uh, you don't need the pad on the bar if you taught how to squat correctly. And the the bar was like resting in his neck. Like it wasn't even across his traps. It was like in his neck. And then as he was going down, it was forcing him basically falling over. And he only had like maybe 110 or 125 pounds on the bar. And I just got so angry watching that video that I made a response to it and kind of pointed out all the stuff we're talking about now. And it's like, dude, like, you know, you're if you're an actor, it's like it's your job to act, right? So it's not your job to know how to exercise. It's your it, you want to pay a trainer for that. And I just get so angry when I see people like him that get taken advantage of because I'm a huge fan of the show, which I'm still kind of irritated why I'm blanking on his on his name right now. Um, I'm such a huge fan of the show, and I'm like, I can't wait for season five. And I'm like, I don't know if he's gonna make it to season five. He might break his neck, you know, squatting incorrectly. <laughs> that that would be that would be an unfortunate uh that'd be an unfortunate end to, to a promising <laughs> acting career tom ellis there we go tom ellis tom ellis okay scott let, let's talk a little bit about your current focus in the fitness realm you're someone who's been in the fitness industry for a long time you know i know that you're working on more than just maintaining the east coast's best abs so what do you you know what does your routine look like these days and how does that translate over into the content you're producing so I've actually kind of made a huge switch where now I'm focusing a lot on full body training. And it's something that I never really used to do. I used to do more like bodybuilding splits and whatnot. Um, but what with, with I've come to realize, and I've been doing a lot of research on nuclei overload. Um, you guys can watch my videos on it. A really good video to watch is this one I did. Um, I did 100 bicep curls a day for 30 days. And basically just trying to spot growth in some lagging body parts. But I really get into the science behind, you know, nuclear overload training and what it is and how it works. The general gist of it is you're basically just trying to detrain your muscles so that they become more sensitive to muscle damage and mTOR to try to create some more growth. That's like the gist of it. So it's literally probably doing what most of you are doing now, which is like training incredibly hard. But then you take a longer rest period, like 10 to 12 days of like doing nothing. It's almost like how all of you are going to feel when you're finally able to go back to the gym and you know you're going to be sore as hell that week. It's because your body's detrained and now more sensitive to muscle damage and mTOR, which could actually spot more growth. Um, so with that in mind, you know, I've always been a fan of bodybuilding splits and I still like my, I still like doing my bodybuilding splits now. And a lot of people ask me like, well, you know, now you talk a lot about, you know, push pull leg programs. So you can train everything a few times a week, or if you're training full body, then obviously you're hitting everything three or four times a week. So do you think that those are better than a, a bodybuilding split type program? And it's like, well, if you're already kind of at where you want to be muscle growth wise, it's not that, you know, having a chest day and an arm day and a back day and a leg day is bad. 
just know that you're not going to grow as quick because you're hitting all those muscle groups once a day versus multiple times. Um, but because I'm trying to grow right now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to like 190 solid. Um, I was 190 before the, the quarantine hit and I've kind of leaned back down again. Um, I wasn't 190 ripped, but I didn't look fat either. If that makes sense. Like I, I could still see my abs. Um, <laughs> anyways, but because of even the quarantine, it's, it's forced me to kind of fine tune my training and, and, and try to figure out new things that work so that when gyms open back up, I can be like, Hey, this is exactly what you should do to get back on track to where you were before the quarantine. And with all the research I've been doing and, and talking about nuclear overload training and just doing full body routines myself, I've been kind of gearing my content more in that direction. So like, Hey, if you're going to go to the gym and train chest, instead of doing six different machines, these are the exercises that give you the most bang for your buck. And you should do these and focus on more sets of those, you know, like you're going to get a lot more out of a compound chest press, you know, a compound movement, like a chest press versus, you know, going over and doing cable flies. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so things like that, it's like common sense things that, that people kind of forget because, there's so much misinformation, especially on YouTube. Like people, for example, think like, you know, I got to change my routine every six weeks to like have muscle confusion. And it's like, no, you don't need muscle confusion. Whether you're doing an incline press, a flat bench or decline press, you're still hitting your chest. The entire chest is activated. Now, granted, you might place more emphasis on like your upper chest when doing an incline press. You're still activating your chest. It's not like you change the position of the exercise and your body's like, oh my God, I'm so confused right now. I need to grow. It's like, that sounds dumb, <laughs> right? I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm so confused right now. I, I, I want a I whole video series where you're just, you're just like the anthropomorphized thinking muscle. Like he's, he's confusing me, got to get bigger. Yeah, well, I'm so confused right now. I need to gain 10 pounds just to handle this confusion. <laughs> but if you detrain for like, you know, eight to nine days and then go back to bench pressing, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get sore again because the muscles, you know, resensitized to muscle damage at mTOR. So it's like, I'm trying to let people know how to simplify their training and get better results without them thinking they have to like buy some program they never heard of before because it, you know, has all these fancy words in it, like muscle confusion and, you know, whatever else people try to use in their marketing tactics, you know, like mm -hmm. squatting, benching, deadlifting, bent over rows, like that, those have been around pull-ups for you know ever for a reason because they get the job done that makes a lot of sense what is your diet looking like now in a bulking phase i'm curious so i do more like a lean bulk right so i eat about 3200 to 3300 calories a day which puts me in about you know a 200 to 300 calorie surplus it depends if i'm going to go for a run because i do like to run outside um, and I mean, obviously guys, I've experimented with eating and calorie input and output, um, my entire life. I've been doing this since I was 14. I'm going to be 36 this year. So I know my body and I know at that calorie level, I can steadily grow without putting on too much body fat. I don't believe in doing like these mega jumps in calories. Um, even a lot of the clients that I work with, I have a lot of clients I work with online, you know, like I'm working with uh, one of my new clients, James, and you know, he started off basically skinny fat, right? And he wants to build muscle. And I'm like, well, let's put your calories in my meal plan app and see how many you're eating every day. And he was eating like 1200 calories. I'm like, well, you need to be closer to like 28 to 3000. 
but I'm not going to jump you that high because your body isn't going to be ready for it. You're going to feel probably super lethargic. You're going to probably feel like bloated, which is going to make you think in your head that you're getting fatter when you're really not. Um, and I don't want you to have any of those like problems mentally. So what I did with him is, or what I do with my clients with cases like that is I boost them like 300 to 500 calories every two weeks until we get closer to where I think their maintenance level is. And then once we get to that point, I have them do the same thing that I do if we're bulking, which is we train for two weeks, we do the program, and then we add some food. We add like 200, 300 calories. Train for two weeks again, then we add some more calories if we need to. And then if we train for two weeks after adding those calories and you're starting to notice more fat gain, then we dial it down a little bit. And that's kind of how I monitor my own bulks as well. Makes Not sense. Kinda, that's exactly how I monitor. <laughs> that's a, I was like, that's yeah. kind of, that's pretty, that seems extraordinarily specific. <laughs> yes, <of>. yeah, right. <laughs> Scott, where is the best place? I mean, we talked about your your YouTube channel, but let's just recap the best places for people to keep up to date with the work you're doing and the content you're producing. Yeah, man. So obviously YouTube, um, Instagram, Scott Herman Fitness. I do have a TikTok that has a lot of funny videos on it. That's Scott Herman Fitness as well. Um, but for those of you who are looking for programming, and like I said, I just mentioned my custom meal plan app, um, you can go to my website, muscularstrength.com, or you can download the app. And I actually... I'm going to be releasing this hopefully over the next week. This is something huge that quarantine has basically um, forced me to finally bring to fruition. I've had this you know, amazing idea for uh, a workout generator to be a part of my app for a few years now. Um, I just hadn't pulled the trigger because I've been you know, working on a lot of other things as well, building my business. I just moved to Florida and all this other stuff. Um, but <laughs> I've been filming exercises, you know, for the last two weeks, I think I filmed like 300 exercises last week, body weight only to start. And I should have that operational within my app within the next week, week and a half. So if you haven't downloaded muscular strength yet, make sure you do. You're basically going to be able to push a button and then have a full workout delivered to you based on your fitness level and how long you want to work out. And then once the initial phase of the app is launched, then I'm going to start doing um, like dumbbell exercises and I'll release a batch of dumbbell exercises and I'll release resistance bands and then I'll release, you know, using a bench. And then over time, I'll build such a huge library that nobody can have any excuse because you'll be able to switch and swap your exercises, you know, generate a new one every single day. I think I'm really excited about it. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. And especially right now where you still can't go to the gym, but you want to work out from home, um, but you're tired of doing maybe the same workout programs every day. How cool would it be to push a button and get a new one every single day, right? Sounds impressive. Appreciate that, Scott. Appreciate the plug. Scott, yeah. thanks so much for taking the time. And I definitely encourage all our listeners to check out the, the real talk stuff you're pushing out uh, on your various platforms. And I appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, David.